When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From the first moment, Danny Thomas began raising money to build a children's hospital. His mission was to help all desperately ill boys and girls, regardless of a family's race, religion, or financial status. A hospital that would treat children with catastrophic diseases while also searching for cures. A pioneer for racial integration at a time when segregation was commonplace across the region. The first fully integrated children's hospital in the South. It was in February of 1962 in Memphis, Tennessee, when St. Jude Children's Research Hospital opened its doors and made history. In most Southern hospitals at the time, African-American personnel, even those with university degrees, were normally employed only in hospital service areas. But at St. Jude, they were warmly welcomed, hired as doctors, researchers, and nurses, delivering world-class care to the hospital's first patients. Although discrimination was still prevalent in the South, it was not permitted at St. Jude. African-American and white patients were treated in the same rooms, they dined together, and bathroom facilities were also integrated. With their mission to advance cures and means of prevention for pediatric catastrophic diseases through research and treatment, still consistent with the vision of their founder, St. Jude is leading the way the world understands treats and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. And no child is denied treatment based on race, religion, or a family's ability to pay. An integral ingredient to this mission being fulfilled each day. Here to share more about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, the groundbreaking and life-saving work they are doing, her critical role with the organization, as well as to offer her insights on the topics of career planning, and personal and professional development. We have Chief Financial Officer at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Ms. Kara Wright. I am Maggie B. Nowen, and this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with your host, Ramses Ja. All right, so Ms. Kara Wright, how are you doing today? 
Oh, I'm doing great, Ramses. How are you? I'm I, I've been better, but I, I'm I'm doing much better now. You are are quite the vision uh, and giving me life in this moment. So I appreciate you uh, popping on with us to talk for a bit. So oh, I feel here, the same way. Oh, oh, you're you're far too kind. So around here, um, what we like to do is start at the beginning. So do us a favor and our listeners a favor. Share a bit about yourself, your upbringing, and sort of what led you to the career path that you're on. Wow, uh, that's a that's a big question. I'm so Indeed. happy to to share. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, so always a shout out to New York City. And I believe that New York City breeds some pretty, pretty, pretty um, strong people who can deal with a lot of uh, you know challenges and and are pretty resilient from that. But um, mm-hmm. you know, born and raised there, went to high school there. I actually started my career thinking that I was going to be a nurse. I wanted to be a nurse for some reason. So I went to a specialty high school there and realized really quickly that that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't going to be good for me. And uh, I jumped into numbers pretty quickly, you know, mm. and I counted. And I never thought that that was cool. I was playing basketball. I was playing softball. You know, um, it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting choice because I just realized I was really good with numbers. That was just, that's just what it was. So that's the early part. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm getting pretty up there. Uh, so I, um, I'll have to advance this story unless we'll be talking all day. Um, but quickly, you know, it was time for me to go to college. I decided to go to a HBCU. I graduated from Hampton University. So I'm very proud of that. I think HBCUs really develop us and prepare us for what I always talk about, and everybody knows it, is uh, Black excellence, right? They taught us how to go into the world and deal with the challenges, regardless of the color of our skin. Um, And I will always appreciate um, making that choice. And, you know, in making that choice, I was also fortunate that a lot of great companies came to Hampton looking for people that look like me. Right. Um, I'll kind of see my sister chose a different path. She went to Dartmouth, Ivy League, um, great school. But when, you know, the big companies came to her college and she walked in the room, they weren't necessarily looking for her when they went Mm -hmm. there. And so I had an advantage uh, very early on and started out with some great, great organizations. Um, You know, I started out with Lockheed Martin, General Electric. Um, they kind of were doing a merger as I was becoming a part of them. So I got to be a part of of, of two great worlds. And, um, you know, the CFO that I was working for there was 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 and is a white male. And I started to learn very early the benefits of u- utilizing those people who have privilege. Um, and I'm not sure I was thinking about it at, like that at this point, but now I am. So I have to tell the story from that point of view. But he was an advocate for me. Um, he put me in the right places at the right times. He made sure I got the right roles. He was very clear on, you know, don't let who you are, how people may perceive you as a black woman stop you, you know. And and so I started my career just focusing on execution, getting it done, not giving people a reason to ever question mm who I was or why I was at the table. And I started that very early on. I started in rotational programs, got access to the C-suite very early. So I knew, you know, in my what, early 20s, early to mid 20s, that I was going to end up in the C-suite. I don't think I realized, though, how challenging that was going to be. 
mm. um, and, and, and a lot of the microaggressions and things that I was going to face. So, um, you know, I was blessed. Like I said, I had a lot of, of advocates initially that didn't look like me and they did help push me through different levels, different organizations, different companies. And I'm not saying I use that, but I definitely benefited from that. And I, I would recommend that to anyone out there. Don't lead with, you know who you are. I never will deny. I am a black woman. I can't hide it. I'm six feet tall. I walk in a room. You can't miss me. But if you ever wonder why I'm in the room, just watch, just listen, yeah. watch me work. Right. I didn't get there because of I'm a black woman. I got there because I'm good at what I do. And that was taught to me very early on. So started with some great companies. Like I said, GE, Lockheed Martin, shout out to Sharon Plow and Johnson and Johnson. And then I made my way to McKesson, which is the largest um, drug distributor and medical supply company in the world. And at that point, I entered that organization and became a VP pretty quickly. And that's when I started feeling the heat. Mm. from people that didn't look like me, right? Like, why are you here? Or um, not hearing me when I spoke, not giving me eye contact when I was making either a decision or what I thought was an impactful comment, fighting for people to hear me, um, listening to other people repeat what I said at the table and get acknowledged while I didn't. And I didn't really know what was happening to me, but I became a threat. Mm. And I kind of got excited about that because, again, I had been groomed by people that didn't look like me. But now it was time for me to um, build my network in a way in which people did look like me so they could help me with what I was starting to struggle with. I was still pretty young in my career. And um, my boss at the time, a white woman, um, did one of the most amazing things for me. And um, it was a pivot in my career. And I think that's when I truly took off. Um, she went to our talent acquisition head um, uh, of the enterprise at, at McKesson. And she basically said, look, I've taken care as far as I can in the organization as a woman. Um, tried to teach her some of the challenges that she's going to face and how to navigate around those challenges. But Kira's black, right? She's having this conversation and she's like, there's challenges that Kira's going to face that I can't help her yeah. with. And I didn't even know that. She figured that out before I did. And I was feeling it, but I didn't quite know what it was because remember, I'm someone who leads with execution. I'm coming in to get the work done. And um, I will always remember her. She became a really good friend. She's still in my life. Um, but that's when I started to realize that my network and my my circle of trust, if you will, needed to include people like that looked like me that had been through the struggles, who had overcome them. And um, so I started to, of course, um, get mentored and sponsored and advocated by a lot of people that looked like me and then broaden that. Right. I started to say it doesn't just need to be black or white, uh, Asian, any, all the different colors. I needed a network that supported me that looked like corporate America. And so. My motto to people now is your network is never too big and it should look not just look like you, but it should also look like others. Um, because the more you know, the more you learn about how people operate, the stronger you're going to be 
you know, as a leader. But I definitely, I'll just be honest, and Jennifer knows this, I lead very black. I am mm-hmm. very, I come in the door, um, you know, just acknowledging who I am. I want people to know that I'm here, um, that I'm different, mm-hmm. and I'm powerful for that difference. So if you walk in my office, and I'll, I'll uh, kind of stop here so maybe we can have some more dialogue because I'll go on and on. But I've got my quotes of Michelle Obama and Maya Angelou and Barack Obama and, you know, Martin Luther King. And I tend to have the patient families that look like me. So you you could probably can't really see them all. I don't know if I should shift my camera, but if I go like that. Right. Or the one that's over there in the corner, I represent who I am. And I think everybody should do that. But I think it's even more important um, for us because I still feel like we just, we're still celebrating first, right? So I, I kind of, I kind of skipped a whole element of my career because there's, there's a major impact that happened when I joined um, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, ALSAC. Um, and, and I came here, this is, I'm going to go back for a minute, you know, as I'm getting this mentoring and stuff, I started to realize I became a, a great number two for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted Kira on their team. She executes, she works hard. Um, you know, uh, she'll work long hours. She'll, mm-hmm. she'll just, she'll kill it for you. So I became a nice number two, but Kira didn't want to be a number two. Yeah. I wanted to be a number one in my field. I wanted a number one spot As you should. and there was limits put on me. And I will always say, they talk about the glass ceiling. I talk about the concrete ceiling. I couldn't see a thing. There was no chance of me breaking it at McKesson. And I got a call uh, from Alsac St. Jude uh, for a CFO opportunity. And I went after it because that's the number one spot in my field. And from the time I told you I started at GE and Lockheed Martin, I was determined to hit the Mm C-suite. So I was going for it. McKesson wasn't going to allow me to do that. And that's nothing against McKesson because I'll tell you, McKesson invested in me. Uh, They gave, I promoted well at McKesson. It's just I couldn't break that number two spot and I couldn't let McKesson make that decision for me. So here I am now at Alsac St. Jude. Understood. I love that. That's such an inspiration. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. 
Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are here today with Chief Financial Officer at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Miss Kara Wright, learning about the groundbreaking and life-saving work of St. Jude and gaining her advice and insights on the topics of servant leadership, career planning, and personal and professional development. So let's let's talk about that. So um, obviously you moved from the for-profit sector into the non-profit sector. Um, and you've been talking about your role as a CFO. So talk to us about what goes into that and specifically how you make an impact on uh, St. Jude's uh, services and what it yeah. is able to do for folks. Yeah. Um, it This role has really helped me. I mean, we've all been through... Uh, the pandemic. I'll just start there, right? I actually moved to Memphis, Tennessee, um, right before the pandemic um, from Houston, Texas. And so it was a big adjustment, you know, for me. Um, but this mission called me. Um, and and I'm gonna I'm kind of I'm gonna answer the question, but I have to reroute it because it was it was a challenging, I want you to know just how much this mission means to me. And then mm -hmm. I'll talk to what this role and my team are responsible for. Um, but I told you, I interviewed for the, I got the call to get the CFO spot. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the CFO spot. I didn't make it. I was the first to lose. I was the runner up. Came down to me and someone else. And that other person got the role. And in my mind, I was, I had been to the campus. I had uh, been to the hospital walked the hospital, did the tour, saw the children. I mean, a third of those children look like us. Mm -hmm. um, we have the largest and most prestigious sickle cell disease program, which was created by one of our first Black doctors, Dr. Rudolph Jackson. Um, I was drawn by the mission. I, I, I did everything. I, I put it on the table. I left it on the table, um, what I could offer this organization as its CFO. And I got the call that um, they had made a different choice, mm -hmm. and um, but they wanted me on their team. And I got to tell you that I thought about why I didn't get it. Is it, 
because maybe they weren't ready for me. They weren't ready for their first black um, female CFO. Um, what did I say wrong? What didn't I do right? I really, really want to be there. I need to be there. I should be there. That organization and that mission needs me. Mm. I mean, I was powered by some of the biggest organizations in the world and wanted to bring my talents here. Uh, so I get the call and they say, Kira, you did great. We want you still. So we would like to offer you a senior vice president of a financial planning and analysis role. And to be honest, um, the little bit that I've shared with you about my career progression, second wasn't something I was willing to take. Yeah. Remember, I, I left an or I was leaving or wanted to leave an organization that wanted me to be in the number two spot. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, for people who are listening, there's nothing wrong with the number two spot or the yeah. three or the four. But if you want a number one spot, there's something wrong with it. Right. And that yeah. that's my personal journey. So I said yes to second place again in my in my mind and I and, and you know that was what that was for me because I felt that I wanted to be a part of a mission that was started in the mid south you know I was born and raised in New York City but both my parents are from the south um so I had the best of both worlds um I knew that the founder Danny Thomas had started this this hospital that was intended to treat you know people of all ethnicities and religions and, and races. And I just, I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so I said yes to that second, that second um, place spot. Okay. I came in, did what I told you I always do. I came in, I executed. I did what I said I was going to do. I showed up like I was supposed to show up. Um, and I did that for about two years. And in this mission, and I'll, I'll talk more about my CFO role because you all know how the story ends because I'm the CFO now. Um, but numbers for me, and Chris knows this a little bit as well, like numbers for me mean something very different. It means those kids get everything they need. Yeah. It means that they get access to cures and research that other people don't, and they get it for free. That is not, I mean, you know, we've talked about seeing commercials and I've seen these commercials most of my life as well. And they don't pay for food. They don't pay for travel. They don't pay for anything. They do not receive a bill. And I get to be a part of that every day. I get to be a part of establishing fundraising strategies with our donors. I get a to be a part of ensuring that we're doing the right things with the dollars we get from our donors and supporters. It's a mission that just warms my heart. And it was okay for me to say yes to a number two spot there. So I came in, I focused on execution. I focus on this mission every day. And two years in, I get a phone call from our CEO and he's okay with me saying this. And he said, I think I made a mistake. Wow. Are you ready for that CFO spot? And I said, yes, I am. I said, I've been ready. <laughs> I was ready. I stay ready. You know, okay. I had to go there with them. And, we, you know, we had a, a good conversation around that. And I got appointed to this uh, role about a year and a half ago. And I haven't looked back since. And to be honest with you, it was a lot for me to clean up. I'm still cleaning up a lot. I was able to recruit and attract talent. I tell you, my my management team is 50-50. I, I could go for 60-40, but 
my my management team is diverse and strong. Okay. And um and we are doing things that the finance organization was never able to do before me. Um so my thing was, yeah, I may be the first African American uh woman in this role. My goal is to not be the last African American yeah. or black in this role, right? By setting a tone, setting a pace and building a foundation that others can come and continue to build on. Sure. But it is about the mission for me because, and I think that this was just meant for me. And I'll say this for people. You, I think a lot of people get, um, Ramsey's, I think a lot of people get no's. Um, no, you don't get, you didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. No, you're not ready. No, you're not right for this role. And it's okay because sometimes you're not right for that role in that moment. Yeah. Because had I gotten this role maybe three years ago, maybe I wouldn't have been ready. Maybe I wouldn't have had all the tools and had built all the relationships that I got a chance to do in the two years in the second place spot. And maybe I wouldn't be as positioned to be part of a mission that um, I've been watching most of my life. And now I get to be a part of building it because this is an organization very family oriented, built, you know, you know, between Danny Thomas's dream that he was told it was impossible. Clearly it's not. We're a $2.5 billion organization. We have a strategic plan in which we need to raise $12.9 billion. He's built something great. He did that in partnership with ALSAC, right? A Lebanese organization, people who came here who wanted to give back to America. And they're doing that, still doing that. Um, and his dream, I mean, I look back at it and I'm just like, it's absolutely amazing. And the cures and the research that we develop here is amazing. So being a part of raising those dollars, being a steward of those dollars, making sure we invest in the right things, making sure we spend in the right things, making sure the hospital has every penny they need, even as we go through some of the most difficult economic times, it takes a CFO like me mm-hmm. who won't stop, who doesn't say no, who has all the skill sets and went through a lot of challenges to prove that I am one of the best, regardless of my skin color, regardless of my gender. But it wasn't easy to do that. And now I get to do it for an organization I couldn't be more proud of because purpose means a lot to me. You know what I mean? It's just purpose. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of great organizations out there, but when it comes down to saving children's lives, watching them become adults, helping their families in the most traumatic times in their lives, we can put smiles on their faces. When you come and visit this campus, I hope you get a chance. It doesn't feel like a hospital. They kind of call it the Disney world of hospitals. People are happy here. Um, And so I'm the power behind that. Nothing runs without money. And so I'm responsible for all of that here. Um, And I work with great leaders who help make it happen. That's amazing. I I love it. I think we got the right one at the right time. I think so. Conversation. Yeah. (laughs) This concludes part one of our two part conversation with chief financial officer at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Miss Kara Wright. Check back in with us tomorrow for part two with your host, Ramses Ja, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, 
mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important. Important information.